Welcome to the Discover You podcast, where we take a deep dive into who you are and why you do what you do. If you're ready to learn how to be a better you, you're in the right place. And now, the host of Discover You, James Hooper. Well, guys, I'm so glad you joined me today for the Discover You podcast. This is your host, James Hooper. And I'm in a very unique place right now, getting ready to do an interview. I'm at the Sherwood Forest Fair Grounds. It's a Renaissance festival that's put on every year here in Page, Texas, which is uh, between Elgin and Bastrop here in Central Texas. And I'm with one of the main characters that is involved in this, and a friend of mine. Uh, he and his wife have been become friends of ours. We've known them probably for the last four years or so, but we've become fast friends and really grown to love each other and respect each other and I help support their ministry and they've helped supported us and I wanted to spend some time talking to Brandon Rex Sanders also known as Captain Rex he has a ministry called Captain Rex and it is a Christian ministry and he does do kids camps and things like that but during the spring months he does a renaissance festival and he ministers to all the people here that participate in the festival. So we'll get into some of that. But Brandon, thanks for joining me. And I'm so glad I got this time to sit down with you. Oh, this is fantastic. Thank you for uh, coming to my home, my trailer to, to do this. I didn't have to drive anywhere. Yeah, he's got his, uh, his travel trailer, his fifth wheel set up here on the grounds. And they actually start about a month and a half or two months before they the fair actually opens. And they feed the cast members, the people that participate, the people that are the actors and the the people that do demonstrations and that sort of thing. So they help. That's kind of part of the ministry here. So we'll get into some of that. So I guess let's start off. Uh, you grew up, was your dad a pastor when you were born or did you, but you grew up in church, right? Yes. My dad wasn't a pastor when I was born, but he was a pastor six months later. <laughs> so for the for as long as I remember, I've been alive, my dad's been a pastor. And growing up in the church, I always knew I was called to ministry. Um, I just I, I just felt it. Of course, our stories being a lot alike, you're either a pastor or you're the song leader. I mean, that's about it in the church. And so I spent uh, a lot of my life chasing things that I thought that's all that you're supposed to do or you can do um, until I discovered what God really had called for me. And and it feels right. It fits right. Um, I want to plug your book real quick. I wish your book was out 15 years ago. <laughs> if, if I would have had this book 15 years ago, it would have saved me and helped me a lot. But yeah, uh, I grew up uh, in, in ministry ever since I remember. Well, I wished I'd have had the book back then too. It had been good for all of us. But in fact, when he took the assessment and goes through the book, we realized that we are so similar. We're very much visionaries. We're very the perceivers. The leaders were, were really out there. We're trying to see into the future. See, God shows us things. And so a lot of times Brandon and I get together, we kind of visionate. We'll have a session. We'll get there and we'll just start talking about, well, we could do this and we could do that. And there's a couple of people in my life I can do that with, one being Jeremiah Medelosa from South Africa. I do that with him. So you grow up in a pastor's home and you felt a call to ministry and uh, school, life, things like that. 
Talk about when you realized that your calling was somewhat different than what the church traditionally expected. Well, when I graduated from college um, with a theater degree, um, I knew I was called for ministry, and I had a heart for youth. And so I, uh, I, I became a youth pastor. I started a youth church. And being that the mission field for youth is the high school, I was a high school drama teacher. So I was there with them, and we, we built a very successful ministry. Uh, from that, I also expanded business, and I, I um, had businesses and movie theaters and a school of fine arts, all of my skills and my talents. And um, then eventually I even became an executive administrative pastor. And so if you were to look at it from the outside in, you would think, man, this guy's got it all together. Um, one of the most successful churches in town, I'm the executive administrative pastor, the most successful youth ministry in all of Central Texas. I mean, we had hundreds of kids every Wednesday night for our service, a youth center, all self-sustained and um, businesses that were ministering to people, a uh, five-bedroom, three-bath house on the golf course with the pool. I mean, you know, driving a Hummer. You know, you would have thought that, but, and we were very successful. And uh, because I've always worked hard. I mean, I'm, I'm a go-getter. But on the inside, I, I was miserable. I mean, not miserable, but I was like, there's more. There's more. Growing up as a little kid, I always had a vision, a dream, and always knew that I was going to be a world changer. And being in a town of only about 30,000 people, you can only reach so many people. And it's, you know, the law of the lid. And I just, it was, there's more, there's more. And of course, I thoroughly enjoy acting. Um, It's one of my passions, is acting. And so... I, I was just at my wits end, I don't know, wits end, whatever, but I, I wasn't I wasn't fulfilling what I knew God had called in my life. How did you discover that you loved acting? I mean, uh, I know I've got a nephew that's a theater major, and as a kid, he would watch a video, and he would have the whole script memorized after watching it one time. It's kind of how he helped discover that. What was something that led you to understand, this is what I want to do. I want to be a fine arts major and that sort of thing. Well, uh, I've never really thought about that. Um, I remember when I was in the second grade and they were doing this. I went to a Christian school in Colleen, Grace Christian Center, and they were doing this big school play. And I was only in the second grade. And yet I won one of the main narrator roles and I just I mean I felt like I came alive it was it was amazing and so through high school I didn't do uh, football because I just sports wasn't me and so I got into I did fine art you had to take a fine arts credit so I only had a half a semester of theater and when I was in that one semester I thoroughly enjoyed it my teacher said wow you need to do this more so I went and changed my schedule so I did theater all throughout Now, I wanted to be a doctor. I was going to get my medical degree. My parents, being a pastor, couldn't afford to send me to college, and I I knew I didn't want to go in debt, so I had to get scholarships. And so I applied for a theater scholarship. I auditioned for this theater scholarship. 
I got it, gave me free board, free room, you know, all that stuff and tuition. And so my plan was to use, take the whatever one or two theater classes I had to take and then do all my medical stuff and use the theater to pay for my medical degree. And uh, my grandmother, um, before she passed away, and because uh, I was going to school where she lived, I went back to Beeville, Texas, and uh, she said, you know, do what you love, love what you do, it ain't about the money. I, I was not digging all of those science and math classes, and I mean, I was doing good, but I wasn't, it wasn't like, wow, yeah, this is, this is great. And but the theater classes, man, I was really enjoying. I was getting roles in the plays, and so I made the decision to be a theater major, not a medical major, a theater major. Of course, my parents gave me the uh, advice that you need to get an education degree with it too, because I enjoy teaching. When I was a little kid, when I was sitting in classrooms, I always thought, "Man, I want to be a teacher because I could do it better." I, you know, you know, uh, I was like, "Man, I want to be a teacher." That was always a desire too, is to be a teacher. And so, because my, you know, my parents really wanted me to get a degree that I could do something with it and being a teacher, you could do something because the, you know what the difference is between a theater arts major and a large pepperoni pizza? The large pepperoni pizza could feed a family of four. (laughs) So, (laughs) so I got my theater and um, education degree. And so I became uh, a teacher, a theater arts teacher. And that's when I, when I graduated I started the ministry before I became a theater teacher. Then eventually we opened up our theaters, and I was always a director. I was never really the actor, but I was always uh, the director. I was the producer, and but that is a decision I had made. Is right after, right before graduating college, I was engaged, and I had an opportunity to have a very good role in the movie Pearl Harbor. But it was filming the same time that my honeymoon was. And I made a decision at that time, because if you want to do acting, starting out, you can't have a family, you can't have a home, because you're always moving. It's really difficult. And I chose, I wanted a family, I wanted a home. And um, that was the choice, and I don't regret it at all. After, I don't know, about 10 years of just directing, and we was doing about 20 shows a year, producing 20 shows a year, um, I had a friend call me in Austin, said, hey, one of my college buddies, Hadn't seen him in 10 years. And he said, I'm filming this music video, and I need an actor. Will you come in and be in it? And I was like, yeah. So I went and filmed that music video, uh, country music video, The Good Lord Loves You. And man, it felt like I came alive. It was amazing. That was one of the things where I said, whoa, this is something I've been missing. That was kind of the start of what, what am I supposed to do with my life? So, which is interesting because I've heard this, these stories, but there is still, I love hearing them again. So we left off that you were so successful. You were doing well. You had this nice big house. Things were going well, had careers. You had other businesses, ministry, and all this stuff. Was the this cowboy video, is that what you, because I know you had a, a cowboy character first before you started this character, right? And so what was the... I guess, what was the impetus of you deciding to actually change directions? It is a culmination of things. And um, for this country music video, I was just a normal character, which the cowboy character came later. But it was a culmination of a bunch of different things. 
I probably could have done it on my own. And it was probably God's plan for me to do it on my own. Well, being in business and doing all that we were doing, the ministry, which is stressful enough, pastoring and running, I think we had eight businesses going at the same time, and my wife overseeing all of it. My wife's mother passed away um, at a young age from um, the number one killer of women, cancer. And the doctors found in my wife the same thing that her mom died from. And that was kind of a stop, reevaluate moment. And that's when I told my wife, um, no amount of money is worth your life. We got to make a change. Through other series of events, I mean, it's, it's, that's a long story. I decided to walk away from it all. I turned in my resignation. I shut down our church. I sold what I could sell. I gave away what I could give away. And I walked away from it all. And I, I felt like if I was going to be a world changer, uh, one way you could do that is through film. You have a big audience, and you can make a difference through film. I mean, look at the movie Passion of the Christ. Uh, some of the movies like Fireproof, how it's really helped uh, couples, you know. I walked away from it all to pursue a professional acting career. I did a few couple little movies, and then I got a job as a pirate stuntman at SeaWorld. And then from the pirate stuntman at SeaWorld... I, because I had a big mustache, I started doing a lot of westerns. That's when I was filming True Grit and Legends of Hell's Gate, The Defiant, Bass Reeves. So I was filming all these western movies, and that's where the character Ranger Rex came up. And so that was kind of the point. And I wasn't really doing ministry, but I was doing ministry. When I'm on the sets of these movies, I was letting my light shine. And it's surprising how many closet Christians there are in the movie world. I wasn't closet. I said, I'm going to let my light shine. I'm going to be a light in a dark world. And it's amazing how many closet Christians all of a sudden come out of the closet. I mean, the guys that were telling these bad jokes had foul mouths and, and hitting on other women, even though they're married uh, you know, on the set. When they hear you're a Christian, then they start talking, well, hey, you know, I go to church too. And, and then... They have a conviction, not a condemnation, but a conviction. I don't even have to say anything. And they start changing that. And before you know it, we're having Holy Ghost prayer meetings right on the set with Jeff Bridges standing right there. I mean, it's amazing. And the some of the big known actors that we got to pray with. And I have actors, some big stars to this day, that even call me whenever they're needing prayer. And because uh, they know, hey, you're the only, only guy I really know that can pray with me. It was ministry, but it wasn't your typical ministry. So you're doing this Ranger Rex. Well, Ranger Rex, you're just doing acting right then. What actually prompted you to actually get into the children's ministry? I know being in movies, that was one of your goals, and you were loving that. Was there something that caused you to want to move more into the children's ministry than being in on film? Yeah, now that was a pure God thing, too. So I'm on the set of Green Lantern. I'm doing a scene with Ryan Reynolds. I mean, life is going really good. I mean, I within a year, I'm in what, seven major movies, and, and things are going great. 
And I just felt, uh, I don't say I heard a voice, but I felt like I needed to go back to teaching. And I'm like, what? Are you kidding me? Teaching? It's not those kids. Well, I'm, here I am eating sushi every night, you know? And, um, and I was like, well, one thing I've always been is people say, wow, you're, no, no, nothing, nothing's me. I'm just obedient. And so when I feel something, like even when I walked away from all the businesses, I, I do it. I said, well, all right, if I'm going to go back to teaching, I don't want to teach high school because that requires a lot of extracurricular stuff. I said, I just want to teach junior high. And there was a certain school I wanted to teach because it was like literally a mile from where our home was at that time. I said, it's only a mile from there. I want to teach at this school. And I get back from the set of the Green Lantern and my wife said, hey, there's a theater arts teacher open at that exact same school, which is unheard of. So I walked in, I applied. They couldn't even believe I'm in their office. What are you doing? Aren't you, you know, because I was a hometown hit kind of, you know. And I was like, no, I want to do this. And well, are we only going to have you a few months and off to the movies? I said, no, I'll give you three years. I can give you three years. And uh, because I still was kind of missing something. And that's when um, they paid me. They said, hey, you did movies. Why don't you direct and produce our news broadcast for the school? And I'm like, I, no, I'm an actor. And so they paid for me to learn editing and all of this, which was building my resume. I was getting a heart for the kids. My daughter was going into junior high about that time. So I was there when she really needed me. And... So now I am literally completely out of ministry. I am just teaching. And yes, that's it's fulfilling that need because I am a teacher. I am a teacher. That's why even now what I do. And But God was putting things in my life. He was setting me up for skills that I needed to fulfill what he had purposed and planned for me. While I was teaching, it was the next summer after I quit filming, my cousin uh, came to me. He said, we're having a problem finding a kids camp speaker. Will you bring a team? Because, you know, we had a good ministry at the church, children's ministry at the church uh, when I was executive administrative pastor. And he said, can you bring a team and put that together? And I was like, yes. And so I got excited. And I created this Ranger Rex character because, you know, I was doing Westerns and everything. And I went and did my first kids camp. And wow, that was, it was, it was great. It was amazing. And, um, because filming is really neat and cool, but I do love that personal interaction. And so he had me do that. That was what started it, but that's all I did was just that one kids camp. The next summer, this is me been teaching two years. The next summer, we, I take my kids to camp. And the ministry is literally, Hi, kids. How are you? I'm good with puppets. You know, you can't see me doing it right now, but I'm making them puppets. And it was, I was sitting back there like, Whoa, uh, man. Now, and my kids, they literally, because I was running the sound at the back, they turned and they looked at me like, Really, Dad? Really? And so I, I'm, saying, there's got to be better. There's got to be more out there. And I'm remembering Gospel Bill when I was a kid. You know, I remember watching Captain Hook, and I've seen them both live. 
And I said, where is that? I know there was Bible man for a bit, but where is that? And so I have that thought in my head. Now, I haven't been doing any ministry at all. I'm not having any witness to anybody in two years. I'm leaving the camp, and I get a call from my buddy, uh, a motorcycle, Chariots of Light. He does street ministry. He wanted me to come to Sturgis to do street ministry. I'm like, I don't do that. Give me a microphone. I can do that. I said, that's not my call. He said, man, we're all called to win the lost. Everybody has someone in their path that they need to be winning. I said, oh, okay, I'm coming. When I finally decided to do what we're all called, to win the lost, it don't matter if you're in ministry or not, you can witness to someone. You can love on someone. And so I told my wife, I said, babe, we're heading to Sturgis. And she said, well, we have to be back in two weeks because for your birthday, I got you captain's license. I bought for you to go sailing on a sailboat in Corpus Christi and out in the Gulf of Mexico to get your captain's license. It's a passion, a desire I always had because I always thought it'd be, I, I like water. And um, I said, okay. I said, this will only take a week. So heading all the way to Sturgis, you know, I'm not in ministry. I'm miserable. I just saw some really bad ministry, kids ministry. I got to win the loss, something I've never really done, like one-on-one. And so I'm just praying and thanking Jesus and worshiping all the way up there on my motorcycle when all of a sudden I had this idea of Captain Rex. The only pirate work I had even done was that pirate stuntman at SeaWorld. But Captain Rex, a pirate. And I'm like, no, I can't be a pirate. And he's like, no, you're not a pirate. You're a Christian sailor. You used to be a pirate, plundering what you thought was treasure. Till one day you found Jesus and made him Lord of your life and you become a new person. Now you go on adventures for real treasure. I mean, God gave it at all. I mean, the coconut, the parrot, the message in the bottle, which is the scripture, the map is the Bible, the Holy Spirit, your compass. I mean, I got it all, everything. And I'm like, whoa. And here I was two weeks after that going to get my captain's license. I had all the pirate gear from when I did this. I always thought pirates were neat. My mind, and I'm thinking TV show, you know, my mind is just like, whoa, I get up to Sturgis and, uh, you know, I do street evangelism. I have a heart for kids now because I was teaching in the junior high, which you have some 10 and 11 year olds all the way up to 13 and 14 year olds. It was a middle school junior high. So I got a heart now for kids because I never, you know, teenagers are cool. Let me hang out with teenagers, but not the younger kids. I got a heart for kids. I have this, my, my kids are that age too. So we get back from Sturgis. You know, a week later, I'm on a sailboat in the Gulf of Mexico getting my captain's license. And the other guy that's on the boat with me getting his captain's license, he's an amateur filmmaker. So I'm telling them about my idea of Captain Rex's Treasure Adventure, Saturday morning kid style show. He said, hey, let's film a uh, Kickstarter video. So a week after that, I'm in Austin on Lake Travis, dressed up like a pirate, filming a little Kickstarter video, telling what I want. And I mean, we're trying to raise, I don't know, it was like three or $4,000. We, we thought, you know, when you don't have much money and, uh, you know, I could film 10 episodes with $3,000. And basically, it was just to cover our expenses going to, down to Corpus. I see an old, looks like a pirate ship. It's the Nina. It's a 
Christopher Columbus replica ship in Corpus Christi. I called them. They let me use that ship for free. So now I got a pirate ship, a real ship that I get to use for free. And so the money came in within like two weeks that we filmed the Kickstarter video. So a week later, we're in Corpus Christi every weekend filming this TV show while I'm still teaching. And so we're filming this TV show. It is, I mean, I'm I'm having a blast. And um, so I'm showing the videos as we're editing them from skills that the school district paid for me to get because we couldn't afford an editor. I'm showing them to my principal because he has kids, my target age, and I'm showing them to my brother's kids. And my brother's kids even know me as Uncle Rex. They... Love the character Captain Rex. My my principal's kid says, he said that that's all they want to watch. They watch the same scene over and over. He says, you're on to something here. Now I'm getting excited, thinking, you know, like TBN or Daystar or one of these Christian networks is going to pick up the TV show and, you know, we'll be able to, and I didn't realize Christian television, you got to pay to be on. You don't get paid to be on. And so... Here I'm pitching the shows to the network, you know, and they're like, yeah, it'll only cost you this much to wait. No, no, you got to pay me. No, that's not how it works. Well, we had somebody actually pay for the first season to go on TBN. It was going to, it was starting to, it was going to start on June 1st. Well, I'm editing this and my brother came up with an idea. He said, hey, can you do Captain Rex live for our vacation Bible school? And I thought about it. Well, yeah, I could probably rework some of the script. I can make it work. So in one of my conference periods at school, I pull out my computer and I rework the script that would work live. And then I pull out a piece of paper and I start drawing up a set. Because, I mean, I got to have like a ship. And when I'm sitting there doing all this, it was like it came to me. This is it. Everything. Everything from the business to the technical theater to the producing to everything I'd ever done in my life, this was a culmination of that. Hey guys, I just wanted to break away for a quick moment to remind you there are two different ways that you can actually help sponsor this podcast. Number one, you can go to the website for the book, Discover You Book, and the website is discoveryou-book.com, discoveryou-book.com. There's a link that will send you to Amazon, and for $9.99, you can have your very own copy. Secondly, in the description of this podcast, there is a link that you can click where you can go and set up a monthly monetary donation. Any amount would be great. Any amount would help us, so please consider sponsoring and help joining those that are already supporting us. I appreciate you guys for listening, and now back to the episode. I mean, I saw skills in everything I've ever done that was being utilized in this. I said, this is it. Captain Rex, this is, this is, my, this is my purpose. This is my destiny. I opened up another window, and I typed up my letter of resignation. And I think this was in April or May of 2013 I had one booking one my brother's church that was it for a vacation Bible school and he had like a $300 budget you know one booking 
also during these last three years, when I was in the Hollywood lifestyle, I had a lot of debt. I mean, we lived large and we had a lot of debt. And I knew if for whatever, if God wanted to do anything with me, I had to be out of debt. So that was another reason why I went back to teaching. In those three years, we just applied. We lived very frugal and we applied everything we made to get out of debt. Well, I know in my head now we just got out of debt in May 2013. So we've only been living on one salary, my wife's salary. So me turning in my resignation isn't going to hurt us financially fam in our family, you know? So I typed up my resignation and I sent it in. I didn't even tell my wife. I got home and I said, babe, I, um, I turned in my resignation today. She said, what? Why? I said, for Captain Rex. She goes, Captain Rex. I said, babe, this is it. This is what God's called me to do. She goes, are you sure? I said, I know. I, I'm positive. This is it. She goes, well, then I guess I need to turn in my resignation also. And I said, whoa, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait, you know, she goes, do you believe this is God's plan? I said, I know it's God's plan. She said, then there's no plan B. Elisha or whatever, he burned the plows, killed the ox. That way he had nothing to go back to. No plan B. So there's no plan B. If this is it, because Captain Rex, uh, she plays coconut. I mean, it's the major character. And we couldn't do it with both, you know, I couldn't just do it by myself. And it was a family thing. My kids were characters in the show. So we walked away. She turned in her resignation the next day from good paying jobs to no job, no paying jobs. And I only had one booking that was going to give me $300. And uh, we loaded up in a van, and that was June 2013. Uh, uh, we called it the gypsy wagon because it was like a little motorhome type of van. No shower. It was just a small van. I spray painted. I mean, when we hit the road, uh, me, my wife, my 12-year-old daughter, my 10-year-old son, and uh, hit the road. And that was six years ago. And man, that was 94,344 salvations ago. Changing the world one life at a time. It's just phenomenal. We talk about book is is a lot about finding out who you are, finding out what your destiny is, how God created you, your motivations, and then acting on those. And a lot of times, like I've talked about in several podcasts, when you really discover who you are, when you discover the motivations that God gave you, you can start making life choices based on that. And I've found in my life, and you you did too, that you were doing things that really weren't, well, you were teaching. You have a teacher, which my number one is teaching. We're so similar, it's, it's scary. But you were teaching, you were doing some things, but a lot of times people aren't doing anything that goes along with what they're motivated. They're doing what came to them. You were going to be a doctor. You had this thing, you were going to be a doctor, and then it just transitioned. That's one of the things I like to try to remind the listeners you guys i want you to understand that once you discover your motivations you discover your calling you discover what god's designed you to do you may not be doing exactly that but you can start that direction sharon and i have decided that we were going to start making life choices based on this talking about wish we had the book back then just a year ago january is when we made a decision okay this is this is who i am uh, I was 54 at the time, 
And I said, listen, I'm not getting any younger. I've bailed on plans so many times. Things got difficult, and I tried so many things, but this is who I am. This is what I feel the most fulfilled doing. I've never felt this fulfilled doing something in my life, and that's when I'm teaching, that's when I'm instructing, that's when I'm casting vision and that sort of thing. You see in Brandon's life, Rex, you see in his life where he has just allowed his passion, what God's led him through, and also guiding of the Holy Spirit. Now, you can have passion, and if you don't allow the Holy Spirit to lead you, you can kind of get astray. But the Holy Spirit led him to some, made some pretty odd decisions, and some pretty uh, interesting decisions to speak of that most people wouldn't make those normally. But when you know, and you know who you are, you know what you're meant to do, what you're called to do, you're willing to do whatever it takes. Now, I've seen pictures of this fan. Are the pictures still on the website? I challenge you to go to CaptainRex.tv, CaptainRex.tv, and there are pictures of the van. I mean, it's a hoopty. It's like, and his family crawled in that van and started going all over the place in that van. I do want to say this, because now people look and say, wow, very successful. I mean, um, a worldwide ministry. It wasn't easy at first. You question yourself a lot. Did I make the right decision? And it's the enemy trying to attack. It it got rough at first. You know, the storm was there, and it hit. But, you know, the righteous shall flourish like the palm. You might bend, but you're not going to break. And having done all there is to do, stand. Don't give up. Don't give up. If you know this is what God's called you to do, you'll start to question it later when it's, when it, it get hungry. But you know it. Don't give up. And all of a sudden, when I didn't give up, it's like that storm let up and things started happening. A lot of sowing seed, but uh, things started happening. It's not all going to be easy cake work. I mean, it's a fight. And don't give up. Don't give up when you're when you're going after it. And I know, you know, you probably when you made those big life decisions too, that it was some difficult times after that. But you still keep going at, at it. You'll make it through it. I don't think those difficult times ever totally go away. You still have difficult choices you have to make. You have difficult problems because I've been around you guys for, you know, like I say, the last four years. So I've known your journey for that. You're not still in that van, but you've had a succession of different vehicles that you traveled in. They weren't ideal. They weren't perfect, but they were provided. God provided for you. There were struggles. There were things happen. There was a, a vehicle, you call it the rig, and it's this big, huge motorhome type thing. It's a, I don't know how to describe it, but it's, it's seat, it sleeps, what, about 11, 18. 18 people. Big, long thing. Tour bus on steroids. There you go, tour bus on steroids. But it's got like a truck front. It's like the, like the regular truck, but then it's got this big box that's the, actually the motorhome. And, but that was a blessing when you got it, but it's, there were difficulties with it. Yeah, but here's the thing. Strong winds make skilled sailors. Well, those storms that almost took me out when I first started, now when those come, because I've been through them, it's a piece of cake. I laugh at them now. I look at them like, hey, hey, yeah, bring it on. Because when you go through it, you're coming out stronger on the other side. That's what the word says. So all these difficulties that you're going through in life, especially when you're trying to fulfill your purpose and you're on that road to the finish line, yes, there's going to be the bumps in the road but they're making you stronger. They're preparing you 
for the more difficulties. Yeah, the further you go, guess what? The worse those things, problems get. But they don't bother you as much. And so now something happens. I mean, we lost the whole back end of our ship. My whole stage set destroyed. And I laughed and said, they said, what are you going to do? I said, I'm going to finish my sandwich. You know, it don't bother you anymore because, you know, you'll make it through it. Every storm, even though it's worse than maybe the previous one, it's easier to go through. So don't give up and it will get easier. The storms may get worse, but it gets easier. And it's passing the test and going to the next level. So let's do a kind of a encapsulated version of how you guys have progressed. So you started off with the one booking when you quit your job, but you didn't have tons of bookings open up right away. But through the years, you've just gotten more and more busy. And I don't know that you ever, I don't remember you telling me you ever go and try to find gigs. People always coming to you give us a little progression of where you started from and where you are now well when we started there was a couple things that we said we wanted to to always be and do growing up in small churches one we couldn't afford to bring in the big cool ministries we said we will never charge we will only ask for an offering no minimum no church is too small and when we because one of my core values is excellence. I brought our first, when we started out, it was big, big set, light, sound. I mean, it was professional, it, like something you just saw off a TV screen. And people's like, wow, this is amazing. How long have you been doing it? Three weeks. <laughs> what? You know. <laughs> and so I said, we're never going to charge. And I'm not going to uh, call to get bookings. And I tried starting out to call to get bookings. And I'd call 10 people and none of them would book me. But then out of the blue, one person would call and say, hey, I heard you're doing this. I'd get booked. And it was all through word of mouth. So I quit calling people. I don't call people to get bookings. I don't send out stuff saying, hey, book us. And it was word of mouth because it was quality. See, the man who excels in all that he does, he will stand before kings. You see, your, your gift will make room for you. And when I didn't have bookings, I, I believe in the, the law of seed, time, and harvest. So I took my abilities, and I called one of my churches that is over me. Um, I said, hey, I want to seed my abilities. Use me any way you want to. I'll, I'll clean toilets. I'll uh, be an usher. I'll run the camera. I'll do whatever. And I gave a whole month. Um, and I mean, I did everything from, I taught in the big church to the teenagers, to the kids, one service to, I was in the media room. I mean, I, I did lights for them. I was there to serve and I was seeding cause it's God who brings me the bookings. Well, if it's God that brings them, I need to sow my talents. And right uh, two weeks after that, that month of sowing my time, I had my whole year booked and now um, we do about 220 shows and services a year. I have people booked three years out for camps, and we have to turn down a lot of them. And I don't call anyone saying, hey, we would like to come to your church. And that's just what I felt like we were going to do. And we never charge. We never have a set minimum. And like this last summer, we were a four-vehicle convoy, 14 of us, Um my expense was a thousand dollars a day being on the road. A thousand dollars a day for for one month straight. That's thirty grand just to 
go for one month on tour and um, never charged, never had a minimum, but God always took care of me. Uh, there's, we'd go into some service. We went into one, and I think we were there a whole week. We got a $287 offering, and I paid for all my own hotels and my own gas and everything. My expense was like two grand just to get to the place, and it was a $287 offering. And but I don't let it bother me. It's not about the offering. God meets my needs. He got me taken care of, and I didn't let it steal my joy. I could have. I could have got bitter. Well, I'm not, you know, I'm not. I kept a joy. I kept a smile. And um, it was the very next event that we went to. And it was an offering in the tens of thousands for one offering. And I mean, God takes, it, he makes it up. He takes care of you. That was kind of the progression. Yeah, starting out, one booking. And some churches had seen our TV show would have us for a kid's crusade, and then they would let their people know, and that's in their network, hey, this guy, this is pretty good. If you're looking for a kid's crusade, and then is all word of mouth. And now it's turned into what it is now. But I want to talk a little bit about where we are. So when you have a calling, you have something you do, a lot of times you start putting it in a box. You start saying, okay, I'm called to children's ministry, so I'm just going to do children's ministry but you, I don't know how many years ago, someone did someone ask you to come here to Sherwood Forest, or did you, how did that happen? Because this, I mean, he doesn't get any income from coming to Sherwood Forest. This is totally a missions project, and it's not a kid's crusade by any stretch of the imagination. I walked around one weekend, and people had horns coming out of their head, I mean, literal horns coming out of their head, and there's all kinds of things because these people love this this lifestyle and so god's placed you here and it's a mission field for you but it's not a kid's crusade so let's talk a little about the sherwood forest adventure so it was actually while i was teaching after i had walked away from the movies and uh, a guy that i had filmed a movie with uh, they were opening up this fair and he got hired on to be a pirate and um he worked the first year well the second year he needed to put together a pirate crew and while filming the movie he remembered the conversation we had had about me being a pirate stuntman. And so he called and said, hey, can you come out and uh, be a pirate at this fair? I'm like, yeah, that sounds great, because I wasn't doing any acting. So I was doing that on the weekends. It, it was, and then it turned into I was making a little bit out of it. So I was pl using that to apply to getting out of debt, etc. Well, we started Captain Rex. And I had already had the contract here because I was at that time, I was the captain and overseeing. Well, I became captain here when I started the Captain Rex idea, when I started filming and I overseed all the pirates. And so I had that contract for that year. And my wife said, you know, we're believing this Captain Rex treasure venture, the children's ministry really takes off that this will probably have to be our last year. I said, yeah. And, but I had a heart from going to Sturgis for the lost, to be able to help people that need help, not just ministering to people in churches, but where they really need it. And Renaissance festivals are a very dark place. So uh, behind the scenes, um, coming to one, it's, it's fun and stuff, but behind the scenes, it's, it's, it can be very dark. 
So that year, I decided to not, it was my last year, I was going to help as many people as I could. And so we started feeding people. And for these three years prior, or two years prior, all I had been doing was, I was just known as the teetotaler, the guy who didn't drink, the nice guy. And they, oh yeah, he's a Christian, but he's not a normal Christian because he's never condemns us. You know, he always, you know, I don't say much. And then they saw me loving them, giving to them, and never condemning them. John 3, 16, 17. <laughs> um, even though I was a Christian and never asked anything in return, and all of a sudden, all these seeds that we had planted and we started watering and we're feeding people and and winning souls and helping people and stopping suicides. And it was the next to last weekend that we was gonna, probably going to call it quits. My wife said, we can't stop this. This is ministry here. And this is where it's especially needed. I said, all right. So every year I could be, for four months, I could be touring, you know, bringing in uh offerings and, and, and helping, but we, the first four months of the year, we set up a tent, we feed thousands of people, we show the love of Jesus, um, I even do services on Sunday morning before the fair opens for all the workers, and then once the fair opens for all the people that come, and it is amazing to see how many people we have helped. So what started out as a buddy saying, hey, can you help me out do a pirate show? To me, actually getting a contract, and this is when I was wanting money, overseeing pirates, um, to now it's a, a ministry in itself. And you've basically kind of become the pastor of this. You have the church services. I know you've performed wedding ceremonies for cast members and that sort of stuff. We were talking before we started recording about the focus that you've placed, that your wife's not actually going to be acting this year. She's going to be out talking to people and dealing with people. Talk a little bit about that. Yes. Um, the Renaissance community that we now, that we serve, 90,000 people consider me their pastor or spiritual leader or father or, I mean, all different, re- I mean, religions and everything. They, 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 they look to me. And so this year, um, my wife, she helps a lot of the, the females that are dealing with depression or just need someone to love them. And so she's just spending most of her time just walking around uh, loving on people, helping them, and of course feeding them, meeting the needs. And um, that's where that's what we do. We love and we give and we don't condemn. And that's what many, many of them say. I said, what brought you to our service? They go, well, you're the only really Christian I've ever known. I said, really? It's like, I said, why do you say that? They said, because you love us, you give to us, and you never condemn or judge us, no matter what we say or do. That really got me thinking. And I said, I never will. And I can't change someone, but the power of the Holy Spirit can. It's salt, you know, it makes people want to drink. And now their lives are changed. That's what, that's what we do is we feed them. And we do something different that's odd at our church services for the offering I always put money in the offering to start with. And, of course, a lot of people put money in the offering. And I also make the announcement that if you are hitting hard times or you need money for lunch or you need money for something, feel free to take it out of the offering plate. And we have probably more people take money out of the offering plate 
then they put money into the offering plate. And uh, I mean, that's that's what we do. That's what it's there for, is to help others. And um, and God takes care of us. He He does. And it's because it's a ministry. I'm sowing seed. I'm changing lives. And sometimes um, at the end of those four months, where we're all we're doing is giving, 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 and spending our own personal money to, to feed everybody. And then at the end of the four months, you look at the bank account, and it's like, wow, we started out a lot of money in there, and now there's no money in there. And but it's okay because we were using to help people every year. I don't know how it happens, but that bank account's back up by the end of the year, and we do it again. I encourage you to follow Captain Rex. Go to his website, captainrex.tv, uh, social media. All the links are on your website, right? Captainrex.tv. And I encourage you, if you want to support them, it would be a phenomenal ministry to be involved in because they're changing hearts and lives, saving the world one life at a time. And it's not just little kids. It's not They're not babysitting kids. They're teaching them principles and truths of the Word. And then they're also here ministering. They also have a phenomenal ministry called Treasures in the Amazon River, and they are rescuing. We'll have to use that for a whole other episode, but suffice it to say that's a phenomenal ministry, a phenomenal ministry on its own. They also, you'll see on the website, there's they've been they went to India this uh, last year or so, and had an awesome. They just exploded in the in what God's doing with them. They're actually helping other young people launch their own ministries who want to do a character type ministry, you know, to go in and do that sort of. So they're helping them, uh, mentoring them. All the kids that go with them are interns and in the summer and they mentor them. And uh, they've got a guy that was their music director and he's playing. He's now touring with the big Christian bands, playing guitar for them and just all kinds of things. So if you want to check them out, be sure and go to CaptainRex.tv. I just wanted you to understand, wanted you to hear Brandon. I just get pumped up sitting and talking to him, and I hope you guys felt that because he just has so much energy because when you're talking about your passion, you're talking about what you're called to do, you're talking about changing lives because of who God made you to be, it's just it's just so engulfing. It just overcomes you. So I wanted you to understand that. Well, thank you guys for listening to the podcast. I look forward to seeing you next time. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. Uh, share, uh, share this episode. If you've listened to this episode, share it with your friends on your social media. Uh, you can hook up with us on Twitter. I've got a Twitter handle is Discover You Pod P O D. Then there's email. You can email me at discoveryoupod at gmail dot com. You can hook, look me up personally on Facebook and Instagram, James R Hooper. But I I appreciate you guys taking the time to listen, and I appreciate what you're doing and how you're uh, sharing and letting your friends know about it. And we look forward to talking to you next time. Thanks for listening to Discover You with James Hooper. If you haven't already, please subscribe wherever you like to listen. You can also follow us on Twitter at DiscoverYouPod, or you can email us at discoveryoupod at gmail.com. Discover who you were meant to be.